Hey, I'm Spencer Powell and welcome to Remodeler Stories, where we highlight remodelers. Every remodeler has a unique story and journey and we can all learn from each other. Stay tuned for a mix of inspiration, tactical tips, unique strategies, and some laughter. The remodeling business is tough, but rewarding, and we're all in this together. Let's kick this thing off. Before we get into today's show, let's talk about our show sponsor, Remodeler Growth Community. Remodeler Growth Community is a peer-to-peer networking group exclusively for remodelers. For a low monthly fee, you get access to some of the best minds in the industry, life-changing business strategies, and the ability to connect and learn from people who've walked the path you walk. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, so there's absolutely no risk to you. Go to remodelercommunity.com to enroll today. Today, I sit down with Bobby Brooks. He is the owner and founder of Brooks & Sons Contracting. As a father of eight wonderful children and a very loving and supportive wife, he loves helping others create spaces that will bring their families together. He's been in the construction industry since 18 and loves designing and building all types of spaces. His company specializes in home additions, kitchen remodeling, as well as bathroom remodeling. And he has been in the business for 10 years and understands the struggles of business ownership, especially in the construction industry. Now for my conversation with Bobby Brooks. Hey, Bobby, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. And yeah, I guess to, to kick things off, maybe just give people a rundown. Who are you? What's the company? Where are you located? That sort of thing. So my name is Bobby Brooks and I'm owner of Brooks and Sons Contracting. Not your t- traditional spelling of Brooks, B-R-O-K-S. It's B-R-U-C-K-S-C-H. So it always gets confused. Located out in uh, Pasadena, Maryland, East Coast boy, born and raised. Right on. Cool. Yeah. What kinds of work do you guys focus on or specialize in? We specialize in home additions, kitchens and bathrooms as well, but home additions are kind of our, our bread and butter. Right on, right on. All right. Well, let's, let's go back to the beginning. Did you start the company or how did it, how did it all begin? I did. So I started, uh, we started in 2011 and I had two kids at the time, both sons. So You know, I I didn't like Brooks contracting, which now I wish I would have, but I started the company 2011, Brooks and Sons, and then, and it was just me, you know, hopefully future kids take over if they want to. And then in March, 2012, we welcomed our first daughter. So that completely backfired on me. (laughs) Totally botched the name. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, you're, you're just past a decade in business. That's awesome. Congrats. And I was doing a little research to it. You have more than three kids though, right? Uh, I do. I do. So yeah. So I have eight now I have five boys and three girls. So at least I'm still a little heavier on the son's side than the daughter's side. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do a rebrand to like Brooks and crew or something, you know? Right. So, <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. I kudos to you. We have, uh, we have two boys and uh, I don't know if we could do three just logistically. So you guys are magicians. I, I give you a lot of, a lot of credit there, but maybe share a little bit about those first couple of years. I feel like whenever you start up a business, you know, getting off the ground is, is like a rocket ship. It takes a ton of effort, you know? So yeah. What was the first, first year like for you? So my first year was hard because I actually, I went into it with a big company mentality. 
I started it by myself, but I was working for a bigger company that I broke away from. So I had that big company mentality. And by doing that, I went ahead and I hired a couple guys. I didn't really know what my numbers were, what they were going to be. I had an idea because I was kind of doing a little side work, but that really just kind of blew up in my face. And, you know, I was, I was taking whatever I could, not profitable work. And really, I was digging myself into a hole. I was working a lot of hours and not making any money at all. So that's basically, that was basically the first year, even two, you know, in, into the business. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that's uncommon. You know, the be, the beginning stages, you're just, I mean, you're wearing all the hats and you're trying to, you know, get things off the ground. So when do you think you kind of hit a little bit of a turning point where you started to kind of like either price things, you know, the right way and start making a little money or just help you get past that phase? Cause I feel like a lot of people get stuck there. Sure. Yeah. So about year two, the end of year two or so, I kind of got a little more involved in trying to figure out books and stuff like that. I wasn't really, I knew how to build everything. That wasn't the problem. It was just trying to figure out how to do the books and, and really manage the finances. I wasn't real good with, with finances anyway. So about year two, I kind of started digging in a little bit, trying to figure out, you know, where's my money going? What makes sense? You know, figuring out how to price things. So that was about year two. From year about two to four, we went from three to four consistent employees up to about 28 at one point. Wow. And the work was there. We had the work. We were constantly doing the work. Problem was, we didn't have the management. And I was pulled out of my role as you know the business owner and went back into the field. And finances really took a dip because at 28 people, you have one bad week and and that opens, you know, the floodgates. So mismanagement and, and just not being able to track the money really hurt us big time year two to four. But I was able to gain that knowledge of where my money was going. So I could see where it was going. I just couldn't get it to stop. Yeah, you didn't want it all going there, right? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So it was like that floodgate, you know, that, that crack in the Hoover Dam that I'm filling with bubble gum, right? Like, it's not going to work. So, so I ended up getting rid of all but three guys and shrinking all the way back down. And now a decade into it, we're going to be building, building back up. So I'm curious because going from four, about four people to 28 people in that span, a lot of people like wish they could do that. And it's usually you, that happens because of huge demand. So were you guys doing like some marketing campaigns that was bringing all the work or was it just literally word of mouth referral? Like how did, how did all that come flooding to you where you're like, I need to hire literally seven times the amount of people that I have today? <laughs> so we did no marketing okay. at that time. We were a subcontractor for a lot of, a lot of different contractors mm. and they loved what we did because we did good work, good quality work. So you know, they would tell somebody and then that person would tell another person. And it was kind of that chain reaction. But again, we were doing work to say we were doing work. We weren't necessarily doing work to make it profitable. Yeah. So that, so that kind of covered the first four years of, of being in business. Gotcha. And so at that time, you were mostly a sub for, for other contractors and you hadn't made the evolution to kind of what you're doing now with additions and that sort of thing. 
in that span, we were starting to get our own jobs and kind of be a general contractor ourselves. So yes, we were kind of doing the sub thing and also still building our side of stuff, which, you know, led us to where we are. So we're grateful for that, but it was rough. It was rough. Man. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine. So, yeah. So when did you kind of transition out? I'm assuming you don't do much sub work anymore. And now you, you bring in all your own work. When do you think that really, that shift happened where you went hundred percent to like, we're not doing sub work anymore. <laughs> so that was year five. So year five, year four to five, somewhere in between there, I really hit a wall. I got burnt out, not making money. You know, work was never my problem. Finding work was never my problem. Selling work, never my problem. Finding guys to do the work was always my problem. So, and then, you know, figuring out where my money was going. So it took, it was a very humbling experience for me. I had to really swallow my pride. I went to my father-in-law, who is a, a big commercial estimator for a construction company, really, you know, numbers guy, just a whole lot of knowledge. And I had to go to him and say, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I need you to look at my books. I need you to help me out. Or I'm not going to make it to year six. And not because I didn't have the work, because I wasn't, I didn't know where my money was going. Hmm. So, you know, all these little trips to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, you know, this discount, that discount, this small tool, that small tool, it just all added up. And at the end of the day, you know, we're struggling to make ends meet. So it took me going to him and saying, you know, look things over and and uh, tell me where I'm I'm going wrong, and he did gladly. Hey, Good gladly. opportunity there to yeah teach the right. son-in-law. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I regretted it immediately. No, no, he he did wonders for us, and uh, so that really helped us turn turn a corner. And basically, what he told me was the way we are set up and the way I was paying my guys was not going to be financially. We weren't going to be able to sustain that by working for sub because 20% of our markup was discounted because we were being a sub. So basically, I was doing jobs at cost for this for these companies. And then by the time I paid my taxes, I was actually paying to do the job. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's a fun moment. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. So the sub work was keeping us busy. And he said, listen. Wouldn't you rather sit at home and do something you enjoy and go bankrupt rather than go out there and break your back and go bankrupt? And I was like, you know, that's a good point. So (laughs) he said, you need to start learning the word no. And once I learned how to tell people no, which is still uncomfortable, right? Because it's like, what if this is the last job in the world, which we both know it isn't. But once I learned how to say no, that's when things really just kind of took off really. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Those, I feel like I always think about those moments as being painful, but it's also like getting your real world MBA and it's like, well, I would have spent a couple hundred grand going and getting my master's. I had just spent it a different way and learned, you know, real world lessons. That's right. So it's that's all right. good. <laughs> I would have had um, more fun in college though. It would definitely would have yeah, been that's more fair. fun. But... <laughs> yeah. 
Hey guys, I know that if you listen to Builder Funnel Radio, you are hyper aware of the fact that the way people shop and buy, it's changed dramatically over the years. And for the last 10 years, really since I started doing all this, helping my uncle's remodeling division scale up from about 2 million to 10 million, We've been helping remodelers and builders and contractors all over the country really refine their marketing systems. And I recently decided to kind of bottle all of that up into my first book. And that book is called The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. And you can pick up a copy by going to the website, remodelermarketingblueprint.com. You can also search for it on Amazon or wherever books are sold online. But I highly recommend you go over to the website because we've got some cool book bonuses that go along with that if you pick up a few extra copies for your friends and colleagues or your teammates. So it would mean a lot to me if you've been listening to this podcast for a while or even just a few episodes, if you've ever gotten any value out of it, head over to remodelermarketingblueprint.com and snag your copy today. All right, let's get back to the show. Just thinking about like your entrepreneurial journey, what do you think surprised you the most about being a business owner? The numbers. Hmm. So I thought it was easy. I thought, you know, money in, money out. All I would have to do is sell jobs and make people happy. But there's so much more involved in it. And, you know, like I said, I'm 10 years in and I'm not going to sit here and, and act like I even... I've even scratched the surface of it, you know, and I'm, I'm years, I'm light years ahead of where I was. So the numbers of it, you know, really learning, learning your numbers, especially if you can, before you start, that's going to be the biggest thing. Cause you already know what you're doing mm-hmm. or you wouldn't be going out and starting your own business. You already know the product that you're going to give. You got to figure out how much is that product going to cost to make and how much do you want to make? And that's not something I ever sat down and thought about. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think has been the most rewarding? For me, the most rewarding part of it is the the freedom to be able to spend with my family. But I have one guy with me, real good friend, buddy named Jose, who's my, one of my project managers. And he's been with me for all but three months of this 10 wow. years. So to see him grow and be able to help him grow to a point where you know, now he's got two kids and his wife and, you know, their their apartment and everything else. And he's got his vehicles. It's all stuff that he didn't have, you know, and, and being able to help him and being able to help even my new employees now and be kind of that big impact in their lives and be able to watch them grow financially, personally, you know, professionally. For me, that's the biggest, the biggest win. I totally agree with you there. Yeah. Like once you've once you've gotten to a certain point where you've seen it for yourself, then it, it becomes almost more rewarding to see that for everybody else in the company, you know, that, that you're bringing on. So yeah, that's super cool. I always find that like over the years, there's like a wacky project or a weird client story that, that you bump into something where you're just like, man, you can't even make this up. Is there anything coming to mind that you can share with us? <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, Obviously you can leave out details. So, you know, sure. people don't know who it is and all that, but. <laughs> sure. So we had a, a project that, that started two weeks before we got shut down for COVID. Mm. And it was two bathrooms in a two bathroom house. Oh, <laughs> and before, and obviously I didn't know anything about COVID that January, February, when, when we're selling the job and I begged and pleaded with this customer 
Let me do one, finish it, and do another. You only have two. No, it's okay. We'll go to the gym. We'll use neighbors, whatever. They had this whole plan figured out. Okay, great. Well, we get both bathrooms demoed and we get completely shut down the entire next week. No, This way. is one where we have to have county inspectors come in and do all that stuff and they're not coming out. So I'm sitting there, you know, they, these poor people and the gym shut down. So now that was, yeah. you know, plan B. like it was a whole perfect storm. Right. And then at that time I had a couple guys panic and, and leave, you know, they're, they're, they quit. They're going, you know, going back home. So we have, we have a lot of Hispanic guys all here legally, but a lot of them are like, man, if we're not going to have work, if we're going to be shut down for God knows how long we're going back home. So they use some of that time to go home. Well, that left me with a very thin crew of very inexperienced people. So when we were able to get things back up and running, just everything was wrong. You know, no matter what we did, it was like, man, it was two steps forward and 10 steps backward. The vanity, every time the vanity came in, it was broken. Every time we we ordered eight of them. No way. Eight of them. I've never, (laughs) the most I've ever did, ever had to do was maybe two, right? Eight of them. And, and I actually still have two of them sitting in my shed because they wouldn't even take them back. Oh, my gosh. So that's how that job kind of went all the way through. They wanted a fiberglass tub that came in cracked three times. Like it was just unbelievable. God. It wouldn't end. It wouldn't end. When did it end? <laughs> it, it ended. So we got them one bathroom up. We ended up about two months into it. We ended up finishing the entire project in about five months for two bathrooms, which was terrible completely lost my rear end on it. And, and it was just a, it was a, a huge learning experience, you know, and when I feel in my gut that I shouldn't be doing something, that's what I need to do. And, and that's just what it is. I should have never demoed both bathrooms. They were pushing, you know, I, I should have, again, that no, that no word. Yep. Right? <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. Cause, cause in the back of your mind, like logically you're like, okay, yeah, it'll work. It's not what I would recommend, but because it wasn't like, absolutely no, you're kind of like, okay, we'll give it a, well, yep. Now, never again. Right. No, <laughs> and you no. can talk, you can at least share this story. As right. to why you'll never yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought we would get, you know, the whole country shut down, you know, that, that was never even. Can't, can't predict that. Yeah. No, no. And, and luckily the customer was, was cool with it. They totally understood, you know, obviously some frustrations there, but we shared the same frustrations. And so in the end, it was all good, but man, it was rough. It was rough. Yeah. That's a good one. Thanks for sharing. (laughs) I mean, a a good one, right? Yeah. yeah. Let's fast forward to current day. Like what's the future look like for you guys? It sounds like now you're mostly like larger interior projects, that sort of thing. Is that what you want to keep doing or what are your plans for the next three or five years? We're still moving forward, obviously, with the additions. Again, that's that's kind of our, our forte. Breaking into a little bit more bathrooms and kitchens. Would like to get a little more into the kitchens than we have now. They're more, we usually, we're doing a lot of kitchens, but it's usually an add-on. So it's not necessarily the, the easier remodels. It's like, hey, I want a new kitchen, but I need it, you know, 10 feet bigger. So, which is okay. I, I don't mind, but it'd be nice to have a Hey, let's swap out some cabinets, get in, get out. But so yeah, over the next three to five years, we're looking at 
and still hiring, still growing, obviously still learning, a lot of learning to do, really forming the teams that we have and getting those guys on board with what we're putting together. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Thinking about just the industry in general, obviously we've gone through a ton of change and different curveballs thrown at us the last couple of years. What do you think are the big challenges we all need to be thinking about over the next 12 to 24 months? I'm going to say the biggest one is going to be a supply chain. Hmm. You know, obviously that's, that's been a problem. I think that will continue to be a problem. And then, and then inflation, just like every other industry really in the whole world, the inflation is, is there, there may be a downturn. There may not be, you know, for, for us, the way we look at it is when everybody wants to take their foot off the gas, we're just going to push harder. People are always going to need guys like us. They're always going to need contractors and, you know, houses aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So, yeah, uh, you know, if there's going to be anyone standing, I want to try to make it be us. So, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And I, I resonate a lot with that mentality and I've got a couple of mentors of mine that have built some pretty big businesses and they're, they always said when everyone's fearful, foot on the gas. And that's when they made the most progress is when they were a little more aggressive during the tougher times when everyone else was kind of on their heels. So I like that. What do you think is maybe one piece of advice or something you'd want to pass along to other remodelers, people in your shoes, whether they're one or two years in, or maybe they're 20 years in, but just, yeah, one piece of advice you'd want to pass along. Stop listening to the hype. Don't (laughs) listen to the news because it's going to affect your head. Look at what you're doing. Think about what you're doing and just focus on your sales. You know, the economy is going to do what it is for a company like us. I need maybe 50 jobs, 60 jobs a year. I I don't need thousands of jobs a year, you know, so you got to figure out what you, what you need focus on that. The economy is going to do what it does. I mean, there's a lot of businesses that are, that have been in business for, you know, hundred years, 50 years, 75 years, 40 years, you know, even 20 years, you went through a a big (laughs) a big swing, a big recession. So, you know, they did it. It's possible. But I think if, I think if you just focus on, on your business and, and stop listening to the negativity that is constantly fed to us, I think, I think it'll be fine. Well said. Well said. Yeah. I love it. Well, cool. Well, Bobby, thanks so much for joining me today and sharing your story with us. Yes, Spencer. I appreciate it. Thanks for getting me out here. Thanks for tuning in to Remodeler Stories. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every month we pick a winner and send out a free copy of my book, The Remodeler Marketing Blueprint. Just leave a review over on iTunes to enter to win. See you next time.